was like, oh, Megan, let's do the 200, gets it. And then there's no one else, but she's like, oh, keep going. Oh, damn. Is it, what's it, what's it, people say? No, no, DJ Khaled. Another one. Another one. 210. And? Another one. 220. Damn, really? I know, yeah, deadlifted 220. Another one? Thank you, dude. Well, no, she decided to call it there um, because at this point, uh, um, the guys had started jumping in. And like, we didn't want to emasculate those guys. So we just called it a 220. Yep. Just what press the button. Don't you like about our beautiful faces? I trimmed my facial hair for you today, this morning. I do that. Made a mess. Every single day. Because he's a hairy I'm a real man. man. He's a hairy and man. <laughs> call me John Rambo. Never. Cut that bit out. Never for as long no, as we no, live. No, 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 I'm never out. gonna call you. Are you just gonna cut it so that I've got Nevin is John Rambo. Nevin is John Rambo. Nevin is John Rambo. 100%. No. Yeah. No. I will never call you John Rambo. That's my thing. All right. Let's do it. Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome. Back to the to Big another, Flex. Another episode of the Big Flex. Another episode of the Big Flex. So, Nevin, what, uh, what are we flexing on today? Well, few things, Adrian. First off, we're in a three in the midst of a three-day lockdown. A snap lockdown. Snap lockdown. Will. Uh, yep, yeah, sure, I guess. You RKO out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Uh, snap we're here lockdown. again. Three, three, three days. Um, now, just to put you all at ease, we live in the same household, so we don't have to wear masks we together. We the gym together. is padlocked shut, so we're not going to have anyone accidentally walking in and spreading their dirty coronavirus around here. So we can drive together. We can podcast together. We don't. Uh, we deliberately drove separately because um, I like my I like my me time. Yeah. I, like, I like my me time. All four minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, we are on a three day lockdown, but. And they have actually extended the state of emergency until May 7th, which means if Mr. Mark McGowan so chooses to, he has the power to extend this lockdown. Now, what does that mean? It means that potentially states, GPC states could be at jeopardy because that is this coming weekend in about five days' time. Yeah. We just have to wait for all of the people who have been tested for their results to come back in. Hopefully today when the press conference that they're doing to yeah, announce usually whatever changes. Like, Hopefully nothing uh, is extended and it's all precautionary and we're back on it as of tomorrow. Yeah, usually um, it's around 1 or 2 p.m. Perth time. So we will find out. But until we get the news that it's extended, I am still treating this week as if States is in five days' time, yep. six days' time. So um, I'm still bringing my weight down, um, but I've done it much better this time. I'm within a couple kilos of the weight now, which is exactly where I want it to be. I am doing a small water load in preparation of doing a small water cut leading up to the um, to the, uh, to the the state. So I'm drinking about six, seven liters of, the, of water a day at the moment with a little bit of extra salt as well. Um, so I am treating everything perfectly. Now, it's very easy uh, to get discouraged and uh, demoralized when stuff like this happens, um, but nothing's happened yet. So it we are on at, track. It couldn't have come at a, at a better time. It could have been much, much worse. If nothing gets extended, we're good. This is the deload week right before the comp. So Exactly. This is the lightest week. But keep in mind, if this happened one week later, States is off. If it happened one week earlier, that's right in the midst of everyone's heavy singles. Everyone was pushing heavy PBs yep. across the board before they deload and then hit the comp this coming weekend. So it really couldn't have come at a better time. Let's hope it's this is it. That's right. Staying, states is on. Staying positive. Um, so we, we just thought we'd come in here and give a quick little uh, little update podcast. Um, yeah. But now that that's out of the way, uh, the second most important thing, um, subscribe, people. Yeah, like dang and it. subscribe. Because still, 85% of the people that watch our videos are unsubscribed still. Analytics don't lie. They don't lie. 
And it's well, I mean, free, what? guys. Just what press the button. Don't you like about our beautiful faces? I trimmed my facial hair for you today, this morning. I do that. Made a mess every single day because he's a hairy I'm a real man. man. He's a hairy and man. <laughs> I do mine once every three weeks. <laughs> my boyish charm. Um, so let's give a quick gift. Yeah, subscribe, Dem, please. We appreciate it. <laughs> please and thank you. Please and thank you, but do it. Um, just do it. Just. Do it! Uh, yeah, so actually, today is going to be a bit of a fun one as well because we did miss a couple of really great questions from the last Questions yes. and Answer podcast. So we'd 100%. like to go over a couple that, that didn't quite make it into the last one. Yeah. So, uh, um, well, before we touch on the, on the, on the questions, let's, I want to feel like we need to sh give some props to a certain competitor from last weekend. Yeah. Okay. So yep. last weekend, not the one we just had, the one before, was the delayed uh, yes. 2020 WA strongest person um, championships, strongest man, strongest woman, and uh, we had one competitor, Megan, jumping in there. She was actually the reigning 2019 champ. Um, was going to go across to the Arnolds and try to become Australia's strongest woman, but then COVID happened. So then, 2020, she managed to compete, but they were all delayed in competitions. They got pushed back to just now. So. She won. She, of course she won. She smoked it, actually. She won five from five events, um, which is pretty damn impressive. Also got three PBs on the day. Um, when and you say five from five events, what do, what do you mean? How does that work there? So in Strongman, it uh, depends on the competition, but usually you'll have at least three or four events and even up to five events on a day. Yep. Sometimes it's a two-day competition. You'll have three, four events on each day. So when I did Australia's Strongest Man back in 2011, it was a two-day event. Four events, three events on day one, four events on day two. Um, the WA States, the one day event, it was five five events on one day, Oops. which not only means you have to be really strong and technically sound at multiple events, but it means you have to have a good gas tank uh, to be able to, to last and perform all day because it yeah. takes literally five, six, seven hours to get through everything because it's not just one weight class. You have three different weight classes for the ladies, three or yeah. four for the guys. Big event. Big event, right? Um, there wasn't a huge amount of, like I feel like some of the competitors um, they skipped this one in order to go fresh for the 2021, which is going to happen in a few months' time. I see, yeah. um, Megan's like, stuff that, I'm defending my crown. And uh, she did. She did it in 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 really uh, strong performance. But what? just so you know how much she's improved over the last year and a half, basically she did like a, a, a novice qualifying comp, right? Um, so a novice comp ages ago, before she started training here. She did all right. She did pretty well. Then she started training here. And she did her first qualifier. So to, to, to compete in the state, you have to place in a qualifying event during the year. There's usually mm -hmm. two or three of those. And she, uh, in that qualifying event, she won two events, came second in two events, and drawed in one. Drew. Drew. She drew in one. She drawed. She drawed in one. Yeah. She drew in one, um, which means she actually tied uh, first place with someone else. And they had to go into a... Um, a like a face-to-face -face standoff, a tiebreaker, cool. and she just came second in the tiebreaker. She didn't, she didn't manage to pull it off. Um, and that's just experience as well on the day. Mm -hmm. You know, went out a little slow. She had to go out a little faster because yep. um, it was like an endurance sandbag carry, and you need to get those meters down. Anyhow, um, she was pretty disappointed. We came back, we regrouped, we prepared for the states, which she won. She won three events outright. Drew one and came second and won. So she won outright 2019 states. This is her most recent comp from then, sanctioned comp, um, and she won five from five. So yeah. she's getting stronger and stronger. She has been training like an animal. Absolute beast. Yeah. Absolute beast. And I'll put some of the videos up in here, but basically event one was a yoke carry. Um, a yoke is just like a big bar with uh, uprights and some weights that load down the bottom, put some big tires on it, looks really cool. But you gotta pick up this big frame on your shoulders and walk with it. And she had to pick up 
300 kilograms, 300 sir. 300 kilos. Over three of me, about four of you. That's insane. I remember the last time we were, towards the end of our squat competition, our squat challenge that we did, uh, in the deload week, we worked out to some heavy warm-up sets. And then as just a bit of added stimulus, uh, Nevin got me to put about 270 kilos on the bar and just lift it, unrack it, take a few breaths. Just a pick and hold, guys. And put it down, not move at all. And it was Really heavy, and I yeah. could barely even breathe with the bar mm -hmm. on my shoulders. So, that so is imagine incredibly now, impressive. imagine now having the weight distributed lower. So when you and you have to walk, so every time you step, it wants to swing on you. Yeah. All right. And she did that with three hundred kilos for five meters, and she was actually oh, versing man. the Australian record holder and just smoked it. So for how much? Well, she she went the five meters in four and a half less than four and a half seconds. All right. Um, and the other girl took about ten seconds. Damn. Yeah. So it was an, it was it was a dominant. She didn't just win. She it was dominant. She dominated. It was dominant. Nice. And then um, second event was a farmer handle pick and carry for fifteen yep. meters. Picking up some farmers. Yep. Just pick up the whole farmer there, mm. straw in the mouth, hat in the head. Pick him up. <laughs> no. Pick him up by the chuck strap. No. It's uh, basically just these steel handles that are low to the ground. They're about the same height as like a trap bar handle. Yep. Okay. And so she picked up those seventy-five kilos each hand. Runs 15 meters, drops them down, then picks up a 120 kilo sandbag, Adrian. 120 kilo sandbag. And 20 kilo sandbag. Yeah, that is one and a half of you in sandbag form lying on the ground. And so they have it's to. It's like 0 0.9 of Gavin. Yeah, 0 0.9 of Gavin, basically. Um, <laughs> it's a very. It's a very big sandbag. Yeah, it's a big sandbag. And it's so much harder than picking up a person, guys, because it's a dead weight and it just flops around. You got to pick it up and try to get this thing. Anyway, picked it up, 120 kilos, ran it back 15 meters. The other girl did the farmers, couldn't pick up the sandbag. And yeah. so Megan picked it up and ran it back in nice. um, dominant style. Event number three was the log, clean and press. So the big steel log, you got to pick it up off the ground, roll it up to your chest, press it overhead. I've seen her training... With that, the most. Here. Well, she, she was, has been smashing it in the gym. Absolutely, she was going for um, an Australian record in the log, which she unofficially has broken in the gym. We have video, but on the record breaker day, she couldn't quite get it. It was a different log. The handles were a little bit wider and it was a little thicker, and things like that make a big difference. Yep. But she, next time, um, she's actually buying her own log. So the ah, next record cool. breaker, she's one hundred percent going to smash that record. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, it was a seventy-five kilo log for as many reps as you could do in sixty seconds. Okay. The other girl couldn't get any. And Megan got four. Not even one. Not even one. Um, Damn. And Megan got four. She's done. She's done six in training before. Mm -hmm. But at, the way that strongman works, I'm just going to quickly cut in to myself here. Um, cut myself off is that if you win an event, you go last on the next event, which is really handy because then you know what the other person does. Okay. So, so it gives you it gives you a clear advantage. Correct. So she'd won the first two. We saw that the other girl didn't get any reps. So as long as Megan gets one rep. Mm -hmm. She's already won the de the event and the day now. So what you're saying three. is she didn't need to do four reps. She was just I, that was just a show of pure dominance. Yeah, I told her just to do to do well one rep, and she's like, oh, do one. And she ended up doing four reps. I actually told her on the sandbag as well. I said, just pick it up, take it two meters, save your energy. And she's like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> Too proud. So, so that she, is um, the mark of a true champion. It is. Yeah. Well, I was like, you know, just save your energy. Um, anyway, so she ended up doing four reps. Event four was the axle deadlift. It's a basically. Wait, it's so you a, said 
It's five events. Five right? events. So she's she, already run one, three events. Yep, she's she she can't lose. So at this point, she could just sit down and sip a coffee. And I told her, I said, we might as well go home and sip margaritas by the pool if you want. <laughs> I said, actually, she can't do that because um, she still has to get a score in the last two events. So as long as she can get one rep of whatever they're doing okay, cool. um, or like one step in, if it's a moving event, she, yep. she wins. So the event four was the actual deadlift, which is one of her favorites. She's a very strong deadlifter. Yeah. Yeah. In, in powerlifting, she's deadlifted 200 kilos before. Mm-hmm. That's normal deadlift, you know, just gripping it with the belt. Yep. Um, and in strongman, she'd done 210 light, 210 by herself and a 220, but I had to give her a light assist under the bars. She couldn't get the 220. So the axle is a little bit different. It's not just like a normal deadlift. How, Correct. How is it different? Yeah, so it's a thick bar. So it's, it's like, a, like a big trucker uh, axle. So basically think of um, the collar of an Olympic bar. It's fat, it's 50 millimeters across. Yep. It's that the entire width of the bar. So it's a, it's a 50 mil across bar, right? Um, it's a little higher up, right? It's also higher because they – and again, I'll put some photos up. They set them up on um, with big truck tires in the end. So it yep. looks really cool as well. Part of Strongman is just looking really cool and outlandish. Yeah. All right? Yeah. It's having really awkward events that are hard to do and that are heavy, but they look – I know that with the, well. even with the, the yoke walk, I've seen them instead of – doing it with just a big frame and some weights on it. I've seen some events do it with cars and straps and things like yep, that. Yeah, you can do car walk. Yeah, yeah, they had big tires on the side of the yoke actually. So yeah, it's really fun. So um, yeah, it's off 14 inches. So a normal bar, I don't know, it's probably like eight inches off the ground or something. So it's a little bit higher it's than It's kind of like bar. a rack pull essentially. Yep, it's like a rack pull. The weight's a little bit differently distributed because it's coming from wider as opposed to narrower. The racks are narrower generally, but it's, it's similar. And um, so like I said, in training, she had um, she had done a 210 and then only gotten the 220 assisted. Yep. Um, and then the way they ran it on the comp day was they went one for one. So basically oh, they started at 160 kilos cool. yeah. and it was like, you go, now you go. You got one minute, you go, one minute, you go. And, and so did they have to go heavier and heavier? Or you just start at 160 and, then... and you have to attempt every weight and it goes up by 10 kilos per attempt. So it was like 160, 160. 170, 170, 180, 180, 190, 190. The other girl goes for 200, couldn't get it. Ooh. I was like, oh, Megan, let's do the 200, gets it. And then there's no one else, but she's like, oh, keep going. Oh, damn. Is it, what's it, what's it, people say? No, no, DJ Khalid. Another one. Another one. 210. And? Another one. 220. Damn, Damn, really? I know, yeah. Deadlifted 220. Another one? Thank you. Well, no, she decided to call it there um, because at this point, uh, um, the guys had started jumping in and like we didn't want to emasculate those guys. So we just <laughs> called it at 220. Yep. Um, yeah. And uh, and she took that win. So a nice Damn. little 30 kilo win on the deadlift. Nice. Um, and the fifth and final event was that same 120 kilo sandbag. And she had to pick it up and throw it over a one meter tall bar. Yep. And then it was like a slope that rolled back and you had to do it for reps for a minute. Okay, cool. And, um, and she ended up getting three reps. She would have got four. She was sort of not really paying attention. The fourth one bounced back on her okay. side. Yep. Um, what did the, the other people get for that? A zero. Oh, zero. Zero, So yes, she zero. straight up didn't need to do that either. Yes, she, yes. she just needed to get one rep. And she's like, oh, awesome. just keep going. So I see, yeah, complete and total domination. Yeah, it was great. So that qualifies her again for Australia's Strongest Woman. She was already pre-qualified from 2019, which got canceled. She's now qualified again. She's, I mean, actually on- quali- she's actually qualified, I believe, in the 74-kilo weight class and the 82-kilo weight class. She can do whatever the heck she wants. So based on how she's gone in this competition and how much she's improved, mm-hmm. you think she'll take it? 
Well, here's the thing. I don't know who the competitors are from over east for the ladies, at least. You know, I know some of the guys that compete in yeah. like the in the heavyweights or the 105s. Um, I don't know many of the 82s. I, I know there's weapons everywhere, but she's a weapon too. So I have a lot of confidence that, that Me right. will do well in whatever weight class awesome. she decides well, to compete. That's exciting. That's yeah. exciting. For the and future. also, technically, the 2021 states is in November. So she'll be going for the three peat. She wants to go for that as well. Ah, the hat yeah. trick. Yeah. yeah, she's going to go for the three peat, which well, should be I mean, pretty exciting. If those were all the people who are competing and she just cleaned up everybody, yeah. probably a safe thing to say that she might. Do well, hey, well you, know, you know, you never know who's going to turn up. Um, and oh, you, you did say that not a lot of people turned up to this one, right? I said some people didn't turn up. Now, the girl that did turn up was the same one that pipped her at her first qualifier ah, okay. and that Megan beat in the first dates. So she is a good competitor too. She is strong. Um, but yeah, Megan was just a force to be reckoned with on the day. Yeah, very exciting. So that's our recap on the on the WA twenty so the twenty twenty WA um, strongest person. Um, it was really a fun event. But I'll put some photos and videos up here so you can see what I'm talking about. Um, and then yeah, so I guess we go from here into the questions that we missed on the last yes, one. Yes, the uh, the the Q and A podcast. There were a couple of really great. Great questions that came in great while questions. we were great questions uh, while we were doing the podcast, and we unfortunately had to skip them. So we're going to be going through those today as well. Just a, just a couple, not uh, as many as we were doing before. Just Only three, ones. three questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do we got? First one um, was it was Deb, and mm -hmm. Deb asked, um, you know, sort of how do your muscles and muscle fibers work? You know, mm -hmm. you got slow twitch and fast twitch, and can you train them? Um, to, to help you out with, you know, if you're doing powerlifting, can you, can you, will they improve more fast twitch? Something like that. Good question. It's a good question. Um, and basically, Deb, is that you have a, it does come down a lot to genetics. You have a predetermined sort of range uh, or percentage of slow twitch fibers. They're your type one fibers and fast twitch fibers. They're your type two fibers, right? Now, slow twitch, really good for endurance events like long distance running, all right? Fast twitch fibers are more, much better for um, explosive movements so like lifting weights, sprinting, jumping, stuff like that. Um, but there is even within the type two fibers, some variation as well. Mm -hmm. So you have type two A and type two B. Now type two A fibers, they are, uh, they have slightly better endurance. Okay, so basically um, think of a 400 meter runner. Yeah, yep. you are, but you're still sprinting, you know, not me, because I can't run for more than 100 meters, but 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 an Olympic sprinter, yeah, they have a heap of good type 2A fibers because they can they can last for you know 30, 40 seconds, 50 seconds, like but at really high force outputs, right? Then you have your type 2B fibers, which are like your low endurance. That is like your one rep fibers, all right? They're like pow, and I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Like so that's what talking 90 about 90% of my body is made of. Yes, exactly. So if you're looking to just get like a max vertical jump or something like that, you'd be really recruiting a lot of type two B fibers. You don't really have any dominance in one set. Like a lot of people have, they tend to skew towards either fast twitch or slow twitch. That's not to say most 100 meter sprinters also do the 200 meter events or the 400 meter events as well. So although they might be really, really good at just the 100 meter sprint, they also train the others as well because it helps there's a lot of crossover in that first initial like 30 meter sprint versus 100 meter versus a 200 meter it's you can true train all yeah you're, you're never just working one set of your um of your muscle fibers it's the exact same as you're never working just one set of your energy system so like yeah. even if you do a 100 meter sprint that is that is an aerobic exercise. You don't need oxygen, but you breathe heavy afterwards because you're still using your aerobic system. You just use a much higher percentage of your anaerobic system. Yeah. Yeah. So same with muscle fibers. You're still using everything. You still want to train all of them well. Um, you do want to focus 
specifically on what your um, what your main goal is. And the reason for that is that the type 2A fibers and um, and different places call it, sometimes call them like type 2X, type 2AB, but basically um, there is a small portion that is trainable either way. Yeah? So um, think of it as if you are focusing mainly on powerlifting, being really explosive and powerful and fast and high force output, those the percentage of trainable ones will start to lean more towards fast twitch. Whereas if you were to just start doing long distance running and um, you know swimming for a couple kilometers at a time and slower stuff, they would start to train more towards being slower. So to answer your question in short, you have certain number of slow twitch, certain number of fast twitch, some are trainable depending on what you're doing. Yeah? Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. Educating, just educating. People, people talk about fast twitch, fast twitch and slow twitch muscle fibers a lot. Um, it can be pretty confusing, I feel like. Like, I'm fast twitch, I'm slow. It's, it's Most people, when they say it's genetics, genetics definitely makes a big difference, but when they say genetics makes a big difference, it's a difference which, between me and Usain Bolt. Like, that's a big difference in genetics. But most people... He's a little more tan than you. Though. Just a bit. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been in the sun much this summer. I'm very pale. Uh, most people aren't genetically gifted. That's why the Olympics only has such a, a, a small amount of people in it, basically, yeah. right? They're all, most they're people, all enhanced anyway. <laughs> most they're all people, a bunch of dirty cheaters. Most people, you can train your body to do quite a lot of stuff. So when people say, oh, hey, it's just genetics. It's just genetically better than me. Yeah, probably. Also works really, really hard as well. Yeah, so you can, there is a large, large part that goes towards training to improve. So yeah. you can always work to your absolute limits. Oh, you can one, always improve. 100%. Yeah. yeah, there's just be like, oh, I've got slower fa twitch fibers. Does not mean that you can't get strong. It doesn't mean it does you not can't mean that at all. Your fast twitch fibers. Correct. Yeah, exactly. No, you can, you can, you can really be more leaning one side to the other, but improve the other. Perfect example. You ran a marathon. Sure did. Sure did. You know why? Because endurance athletes aren't really. No, I'm just kidding. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. running is easy. Yeah, you just got to uh, just go get out and do it. So uh, yeah, I train those. You things. can train it. You can. Um, and now I'm squatting or deadlifting almost triple body weight. Yeah, so exactly. Um, yeah, you can train both ways. Cool. But also, uh, you know, genetic specimen. Genetics. <laughs> oh, also, here's a fun fact for you, Deb, is that um, your fast twitch fibers and slow twitch fibers they will differ depending on what muscle group we're talking about. So generally, your posterior chain your back, your hammies, all this sort of stuff, they actually generally have a little bit slower twitch fibers, higher percentage, and the front is usually a little bit faster twitch. That probably and, makes a lot of sense well, for this is, athletes. Is, well, no, is, is, is because of evolution. Uh, evolution theory is basically if you had to fight or hit something to kill it or throw a spear, mm -hmm. it had to be fast, mm -hmm. and then you're dragging it back to your cave for three kilometers, okay. right? Okay. So you need this like endurance fibers to like yeah, yeah, yeah. to like carry it home but if you're like in the heat of battle to stay alive you need to have more fast twitch which is why people can bench press a lot more than they can bench pull yeah generally. that actually i i uh, i uh, i watched what did i watch it was a documentary even though you have a heap more back muscles than chest muscles yeah like think of the musculature on your back you have you have pec major you have pec minor on your chest and then you have and you have shoulders and triceps the That's entire it. posterior you have your, your entire back there's like yeah. six kajillion muscles i watched i can't remember exactly where it came from but it was when i was at uni uh going over shod versus unshod uh basically shoes versus no shoes and how evolution has changed since we put shoes on and uh, uh an example of what we used to do as hunter gatherers um certain tribes over in africa would just chase an animal down all day if they had to, an entire day just chasing a deer until it got this tired. This is the thing. Deer, we are actually... Until it got tired. And then just kind of when it was like, oh, I'm tired now, yeah. killed it. 
very, very easily because we could carry water and just jog all day, yeah. whereas animals aren't built like that. Kill it and then drag it something crazy like 100 kilometers across the course of the day. That would go a very long way to get this I thing. I don't know how, fast, how far they it's went. But, just ridiculous. But like I have heard would, the same thing. They would just travel around and just, yeah, like nomadically great endurance things down. athletes back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barefoot too, no less. Barefoot. Yeah. Don't muck around. Um, next question is sticking points. I feel like that's a pretty good um, lead on to there from Byron. Yeah, Byron's question. He wanted to know what the most common sticking points were for bench, squat, and deadlift. Well, and let's say squat, bench, and dead, so it's in line with powerlifting. Deadlift, squat, and bench press. No. And, and how you would overcome those sticking points. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you start this one. Uh, I feel let's start with like the squat, though, I'll start please. with the squat. Uh, with the squat, the most, the most common sticking points... I feel like with the squat are probably the middle third people's knees caving in. It's called a valgus collapse. So as people come up out of the bottom of their squat, so there's a top third where you just lock your hips out, bottom third where you get to depth, and the middle third. Uh, I feel like that's the most common sticking point I see with people where the knees drop in a little bit, back rounds a little bit, and then people tend to lean forward a little bit. That's uh, That's – that's my guess for the most common. Okay. What do you think? And I, well, I would say, yeah, I see people there about a third of the way up or halfway up, mm-hmm. but also just in the very bottom, in the hole. Like they'll come down and then they just don't come back up. Yeah. They just stay down there. They hey, down, down there. got to come back up. But they don't. They just stay in the bottom. So there would be the two biggest sticking points, I think, in the very bottom and then, you know, in a third to the halfway up point. Yeah. And so we're probably talking, um, Byron, um, two different – Issues, two different issues. So one, like Adrian was saying, is that you can have valgus in the knees, which means the knees collapse. Generally, you wouldn't see that in the very bottom. You would see that as you're coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, it means the glutes are weaker or the quads just can't handle the glutes forces. Are, glutes are external rotators, which just means that they turn your legs out. They keep your knees wide. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have very strong glutes and you're trying to put a bunch of weight on your body, as you go to push, they'll fail in, your knees cave in, back rounds, you'll lean forward a little bit. And that's a big contributor to that. Weak glutes is a good one. Yeah. And so how you would get around um, that is is probably t- t- three different things. One, you could do some isolation work on, you know, if you identify, yes, it is my glutes, do that. Sometimes it's not your glutes. Sometimes it's your lower back and you can't hold your shape anymore. And so your hips rise and your chest drops. Um, so if that's the case, you might want to do some is- isolation work with like a good mornings, for example, right? So you could either pick on the muscle, uh, the, the weak muscle groups and work on those specifically. That would be the first one. Uh, the second thing you could do is you could actually pause in your weak spot. So you'd bring the weight down a little bit. Um, you would pause at that point, hold the tension and then drive up through it. So by doing pause work, you're pause, actually pause. able to engage everything as it should be. Hold your good technique. Because remember, technique's key. If, you're, if you don't have good technique and you're breaking down, well, it might not be muscle, it might just be your technique is yep. trash. So make sure your technique's perfect. Pause squats and box squats are both really good. For but the box well. squats will be off the bottom one. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, and then the third thing is accommodating resistance. So you might just be losing your drive. You might be like, "I'm powerful out of the bottom," then just coast on momentum. Yeah, don't do that. We've got to work. You got to <laughs> stop it. Stop it. You got to be powerful the entire rep. So accommodating resistance is great for that. So something like chains or bands, um, where as you lift, you are lifting more weight. More weight comes off the ground. Um, it forces you to 
actively drive. And what it's actually doing technically is it's improving your rate of force development, yep. all right? And and we all know how important force is for max strength. Yep. So um, by having a heavier top range and driving through that um, is a great way to break through that middle sticking point. So people who don't know or haven't chain, trained with chains or bands, basically bands is just bands. You put bands on the side of the bar. Big old thick rubber bands. At the very bottom, let's say you have... 100 kilos worth of resistance of bands, but just a barbell. At the bottom, it's just a barbell. And then as you stand up, the tension in the bands increases and there's a linear, it just gets heavier linear and heavier. Increase. The top weight's a lot heavier. Same with chains. When you're standing all the way up straight with the chains, let's say our chains are 80 kilos, then as you squat down, they coil up on the ground, then it gets lighter and lighter and lighter. As you go up, it gets heavier and heavier. The difference with chains and bands is chains, once the chains are off the ground, they weigh X. With the bands, as you keep going, they keep getting stretched. So yeah. slightly different. Slightly different. I've, also, the bands pull you to one singular point. Yeah. So you actually have to hold your shape a lot better. And like you are control, you tell the bar where you want to go. Otherwise, it will just fold you wherever it wants to fold you. Whereas chains, they just go on the ground. So really, it's more of a normal normal movement, I, I would say. I find that with bands, it kind of locks you in place as well. It gives you a bit of extra stability. So when it gets hard, you can just keep driving through. With the chains, there's a lot more movement when you unrack, when you're moving it. It's kind of like, I guess, free weights versus non-free weights. Yeah. Of the accommodating it's like super, resistance super variety. free weights, yeah. yeah. Um, and then for the sticking point at the bottom, Byron, um, usually that's just initial power, initial rate of force development out of the bottom. So something like a box squat or a pause squat where you are holding tension at the very bottom position mm -hmm. and then exploding up. So I've actually been trying something new lately. Uh, I did it a while ago because I have, as you know, a very deep squat and I wanted to strengthen the bottom of my squat. And I've been using it more and more with all of my clients lately, just paused squats at the bottom of your yeah. squat just as low as you can go but with weight on your back and holding for like 60 seconds and uh, I find that it's really really good not doing multiple reps just doing one round of 60 seconds just with one round trying to get just one round just trying one to get round. even body weight on the bar is incredibly difficult for a lot of people just because if they struggle with depth trying to get past that depth is really difficult so when they do it with really really heavy weight it's just it doesn't go anywhere right so just having time under tension sitting in depth with a lot of weight on the bar has been helping people out a lot so i want to kind of push that after states and test test the the effectiveness of it as nice. a form of pause squat training so i'm down it's gonna be exciting so yeah those are the i'd say most common sticking points for squats um in bench i would say look it's pretty similar in bench as well yeah so in bench you're going to get i would say the so, <laughs> Generally, you very rarely see people miss a lockout at the top. Maybe uh, it's more prominent in equipped powerlifting. Um, and for those who don't know what equipped powerlifting is, it's when people wear the bench shirts. It's like this thick Kevlar sort of thing that, that keeps you like this. And then you have to put heaps of weight on it. It forces you down to position. Yeah, you like spring back 150 up. 150 kilos at yeah. least before the bar will even stretch but, enough through the shirt to touch your chest. Yeah, you need a lot of weight for sure. Um, but basically... Uh, off the chest flies up and then it's really more the top half that gets heavy because the shirt is less effective when your arms are straighter. So you would see maybe a, a lockout sticking point um, for equipped lifting, but in, in raw power lifting on the chest and, and you know, 10, 15 centimeters off the chest so the middle of the range and is for, where you're going to get stuck for generally. power lifting, the reps are only counted if it's a paused rep. So when they call it, hold the bar, start, start. 
You have to pause, hold, press. and wait for their call, and then they say press. Basically, and then, and then wait for the rack call. Wait for the rack. All the momentum of the bar has to be gone. So a touch and go is lots of momentum. If it touches and it still moves around a bit, you have to have a complete pause before you press. Yeah. Basically, in the rule book, it says you know the bar has to be motionless on the chest, which means even though it's touching the chest, it can't be sinking down into your chest cavity. It has to be. It can't stopped. be touching and wobbling side to side or bubbling up and down. It's going to be motionless. So basically, and then they'll call press. A true pause, which is. Much harder much than harder. a touch and go. I can touch and go like 20 kilos more. Wow. Like 30 at least. Just Whoa. more. More. You yeah, can touch yeah. and go a lot more. Yeah, you can touch uh, and go more. Yeah. So it's it's much harder to get that proper tension, pause, and drive. That actually takes a lot of training to get that just right. And then where would you say the second one was? What did you say before? Yeah, I would say something to squat somewhere between a third of the way and halfway up the lift. Yeah. And, and if you're thinking about the muscle groups that are working, off the chest is a lot of pecs. A lot of pecs. Um, and as you're coming up through the lift, think of it like this. We're going mainly pecs, now the shoulders are engaging, and then we're finishing with the triceps, right? Now, obviously, during the lift, all three muscle groups, your chest, your shoulders, your triceps are working through the whole lift. It's definitely a percentage, though. But, but triceps work more at the end because mm -hmm. it's this lockout. The chest has almost done its job. But off the, off the chest, it's mainly chest and shoulders, right? Mm -hmm. So here's a couple of things you can, you can work on. If you are failing on the chest, one, work more paused work on your chest, just like yeah. pause squats, right? Pause work on your chest. Um, two, strengthen your chest. So you might want to chuck in some chest-specific exercises. Like it's great to have your compounds in there, but if you're doing a compound lift and your chest is always what's failing, maybe try to get some fly work in. Um, something that's going to isolate the chest more. Um, that would be a great way. Uh, or even just other ways to work your chest that's similar to bench, like dips. Weighted dips are a really good way. Weighted dips, leaning forward improved. a bit on weighted dips. Yeah. Um, or just give yourself some different emphasis. Maybe give yourself some dumbbells and go a deeper range of motion or a, a buffalo bar, a duffalo bar, where it's a rounded bar. So by the time it gets to your chest, it's even deeper. It's yeah. going to get the chest a lot more. There's lots of ways you can work your chest. Hey, do some extra push-ups, but, but there's lots of ways you can get your chest. Um, and then for the middle sticking point, um, I would say shoulder work is great. Do a lot of shoulder work, mm -hmm. um, but also just like in the squat, Pause work, right? So we call them spotto bench, right? When you bring it down and you, you are supporting it, it's motionless, but at two centimeters, four centimeters, six centimeters, whatever your um, programming says, Basically, you have to hold it off your chest. Yeah, you where can do that it like that. Point is. Yep. Like, um, train that sticking point specifically. Yep. Or in powerlifting, they used to use boards. Now they have these great things called bench blocks, which basically it's like a um, uh, a foam block that has cutouts and you just change the position and it makes it Slot like it one inch, two inches, yeah. three inches, four inches off the chest. So like block or board press, mm -hmm. spot or press um, and accommodating resistance. Make yeah. the weight get heavier exactly as you lift it up. Exactly the same as squats, chains and bands. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But just to touch on that overhead um, comment is that we see it a lot in strongmen. So strongmen yeah. rarely chain train chest. There's no over chest movements in strongman competition, they don't but there's bench. a lot of overhead movements. So they do a heap, a heap of shoulder work. Do they bench? I'm yeah, I'm sure they bench for no, a well-rounded I mean, like, program. For the comps. There's not any comp that I've ever seen, there's never been benched. It's always overhead. And um, we're talking about log press, axle press, viper, like Viking press, all sorts of things overhead, nothing over chest. Um, but yet all the strongmen that move into powerlifting have incredibly big benches. So that just sort of shows you how important shoulder strength is um, for the movement. You can have a real strong chest and you've got weak, unstable shoulders, you're not going to be able to press much. Speaking of weak, unstable shoulders, that was going to be my next point as well. How dare you, sir? Another way. How dare you, sir? Not you, Thank in you. general. Also you, but how another dare way you? that you can in increase your strength in bench is your stability through your shoulders. More stability 
means you can hold more tension, which means you can move more weight. So a lot of mobility and activation work, trying to get your shoulders to move well so you can hold a better position. And all of your rotator cuffs, a lot of the muscles that stabilize and hold a good shape through your shoulder, it will help a lot to improve on your bench. That's almost, I'd say like 80% of what I do to start people off on bench is just work the technique, get the positions, make sure that your rotator cuffs and everything that connects and moves your scapula is strong enough to hold a good shape. And then all the other stuff comes after that. Yeah. So if you don't have great stability, if you don't have great activation and you can't really kind of lock everything in the way you need, you need to, you're going to have a big, big problem end game. Yeah. Well, you, you know what I think we should list. do? I think what we should do is, and it's sort of an, um, been planned, but we've not like set a date, um, is that we're going to make a little video series on like how to um, train for the perfect bench, how to train for the perfect squat, how to train mm -hmm. for the perfect deadlift. And we go over all these things, all the mobility needs you need, all the stabilizing exercises you need, all of the strengthening exercises you need and programming. And I think we put, there'll be a longer video, of course. Oh, absolutely. Um, like the little two minute tutorials, that's for like our True Coach coaching app. It's like just to quickly, oh, that's the technique. This is what not to do. Perfect. These videos, I think, will go into a lot more depth. Um, but I think that would be a really great idea. And we can have everything from like your back rollers to work on your arch and all oh, the stabilizing yeah. stuff and all the all the all the all the bits and pieces. Yeah, because it's it's easy enough for you to just go onto our YouTube page and look at our very extensive catalog. Is it all a very extensive catalog on the YouTube page? Um, if you haven't done so already, like and subscribe. Have, have a bit have of a deep there. dive through there. We have hundreds of little short one to two minute tutorials. So for the mobility and activation stuff, there is a shoulder specific section, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there's a whole yeah. shoulder. So, a whole, well, so, well no, no, so, so there's a shoulder section, mm -hmm. shoulder exercises, which is more like shoulder press, military press, clock off press, push press, right? <laughs> all these sort of things. And then there's a mobility and activation, which is, it's everything. It's all the full body, but there's a heap of shoulder stuff in there as well, like Cuban rotations and so YTW and all Our program things. would be this, 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 and this exercise in this order. Do it like this for this many sets, reps, and then this is why this exercise. This is it would be a big breakdown where we show you what and why and how. Well, that's exciting. I think we yeah. should we should get onto that yeah, pretty soon. We'll plan that. We'll plan that next. We actually you can't see. We won't panic to the board. We've got about thirty plus exercises we're going to be filming over the next week or so um, to add to our little catalog. Yeah. There. Um, which is pretty exciting. Oh, and now, Byron, before we forget, uh, the deadlift sticking yes. points. The deadlift sticking points. Um, again, I would say very similar to the squat and the bench. It's going to be either off the floor, like mm -hmm. it you pull, but it doesn't move. Like someone's just gone and turned the magnets on to the yep. floor. Sorry. Um, you don't, you can't lift this weight. Magnets. <laughs> yeah. um, or uh, you're going to get a sticking point usually just below the knee or just above the knee one of these two one of these two spots but around that halfway point generally if you get it halfway up your thighs you're going to be able to lock it, it out yeah. uh, very rarely do people not lock it out sometimes people jump the gun and push their knees through right and and will get red lighted technically but usually the sticking point is going to be somewhere between the below the kneecap and above the kneecap you know um so why do 10 you, centimeters what do you think that is off of the ground that's where i find most people have when their technique does break down yep the whole thing is because if it's not perfect off the ground, mm -hmm. that's where it goes wrong right there. I would the say the off the ground is a huge amount of quad drive, leg yeah. drive, just leg drive, leg drive, leg drive, not even just quads, leg drive off the ground. Mm -hmm. You have to have leg drive to be able to get that bar moving because your hips should be in a fixed position for the initial part of the pull. Mm -hmm. Your hips and body should be fixed. They shouldn't be opening up or moving at no, all and that's where I see until the bar is moving. Exactly. The biggest breakdown where the bar stays still and people's hips prop up first and then that bar drifts out in front and yep. it's, it's just all over. Correct. Um, so, or or they do some weird thing and their knees shoot forward and they got to go around their knees like it's disaster. So I would say you need a huge amount of leg drive 
and bracing just through the trunk and torso. So that's like, that's everything. That's lower back, that's glutes, that's your core, that's um, core being transverse abdominis, everyone, not just your six pack muscles, okay? Um, bracing. Yeah. So you need that bracing strength and the leg drive being off the ground. Being able to hold a shape. Correct. Basically, whenever you try to move heavy weight, the bar's just trying to push you around a little bit. And mm -hmm. bracing is just being able to hold a shape while you move the weight. Correct. Um, so breathing, take. there's a lot of things that, that come into play with it. I mean, breathing, just the strength to be able to do it and patience. So something that I've been working on with my deadlift is I used to get up there, pull myself in tight and just fire it up. And if it didn't move, ah, reps over. But then I've like slowly been training myself to pull, pull, pull. Eventually it starts to move and then just keep at it and keep going. Now, if you want a good example of this, Steffi Cohen, all right? She's one of the biggest deadlifters in the world. She's a monster, right? And, and you watch her pull her heavy lifts. It seems like she's pulling for five seconds before the bar starts to move and then it just keeps coming. It's just a commitment to the lift. Yep. Yep. But if you let your body shape buckle, you will lose yep. it. So you yeah. have to be able to hold form. But I think that's really important as well. Um, in order to improve that off the ground thing, you should not be touching go. Like in this gym, we don't really touch and go any reps on deadlift anyway. Well, I, I don't. No, oh. I used to when I was a kid. I'd be like, look at my deadlift, pow, 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 and just smash them off the ground. No, every rep is a pause rep for me now. Um, yeah. As for all my clients, we pause reps on the ground. Well, it is called a deadlift, not a touch and go lift. So. That's right. And, and the reason for that, and this actually is the same for squats, the same for bench pressing. You have something called a, um, a, a stretch shortening cycle, which basically is as a muscle is stretching, it has these little things called Golgi tendon organs mm -hmm. that are the little receptors and they send a message to your brain saying, if we keep stretching, we will tear, sir. And your brain says, well, better not tear. And it sends a message back down to the antagonist muscle group, which is the other muscle group. So muscles work in pairs. They can only pull... In the, in, they can only shorten in the direction of the muscle fibers. Yep. So they work in pairs. One lengthens as one shortens, right? And so it sends a message to the other one saying, hey, pick up your game, and it gives them more power. And you can get a, quite a significant power increase mm -hmm. um, by, by bouncing out of a bottom of like a bench press or bouncing out you of a squat, utilize, right? You can utilize, utilize it. It's called a short yeah. stretch cycle, a stretch shortening cycle. I believe that the technical... What is actually explained in the text is an eccentric contraction immediately followed by a concentric contraction. Sure, whatever. Um, <laughs> I like my, my Golgi tendon organ Popped into my head just then sure. as you were explaining. I was like, oh, yeah, I studied this. Yes. Um, <laughs> but if you do paused work, it negates that effect. So I think they said like a five-second pause is anywhere between a 50 and 100% reduction in, in a, short, a stretch shortening cycle. So... Obviously, when we're pausing on a bench press, as soon as the bar is motionless, they'll call up. So it's a short pause, but you can play with pauses anywhere between one and five seconds. You're going to get a whole range of, of different effect out of that. Um, but basically, you're negating that effect and your body's having to start from scratch is really difficult, but good yeah. for generating force, good it's, for um, rate of force development. It's also really good for training to be powerful as well, because yeah. if you can hold a really good shape under a, a lot of weight, then when you start slinging it around and moving quickly if you can hold a good shape when it's at its hardest then your technique and your shape is going to be a hell of a lot better while you're moving quickly yeah so it works there's a big crossover in that as well yeah absolutely um and so yeah with the deadlift you want to if you want to get better off the ground i would say that would be a really great way to do it um is you could do pause work on the floor or deficit work so if you stand on something like your feet are on let's yep. say a weight plate you know five centimeters thick then you have to pull from uh, five centimeters lower down your shin. So you're having to use more leg drive for longer. Yep. So deficit pulls, 
and pause work for, um, for, for sticking points on the ground. If your sticking point is sort of halfway up the shins, below the kneecap, just above the knee, um, again, accommodating resistance, accommodating bands resistance. or chains, yeah. or uh, to do rack pulls or pull from blocks, something that yeah. is at around that height, um, you can you can work same, work on there same as, well. as the other ones. Yeah, work paused at your sticking point. So find the sticking point wherever it may be, and then do paused work from that specific yep. point. Or box pulls or rack pulls from that sticking point. Oh, and here's one thing I forgot to mention on the bench, which I wanted to throw in there as well, is if your sticking point is hard um, on the chest, take your grip wider and wider. The wider we go the more chest we're using. So you can play not only with adding weights on the sides in the form of bands or chains or adding paws work in at different heights, you can take your grip wider, you're increasing your range of, de sorry, you're decreasing your range of motion, but you're getting more chest emphasis. And that could be a fun way as well. Just play, hey, today, instead of going uh, pinkies or index uh, ring fingers on the rings, I'm gonna go uh, index fingers on the rings and just take your grip wider and see how it feels. You'll find it usually a lot more in the chest then. Or just have short arms like me and go close grip. And true, it's got T-Rex arms. Um, one more thing actually, oh. I find that affects deadlifts a lot is upper body, lat tension. A lot of people let the bar drift away from them. As you know, with deadlifts, you want that bar to be as close to your body as humanly possible. Correct. Every millimeter, centimeter that bar gets away from your body, it gets heavier. So engaging through the upper body and having good lat squeeze to pull the bar tight to your body while you're lifting heavy reps is a really big deal. A lot of people, I think, neglect the upper body and the training that they need to do with that to keep and hold a good shape. And I find that that is a big one when people, I, I train a lot of technique before I let anyone go heavy with deadlift. And that's always the last thing that they need to work on. Once the, the bar moves well and they're lifting a lot of weight, holding a good shape, that tends to be the thing that breaks down because your legs are moving the weight, sure. But you just you got a couple hundred kilos just hanging off these little noodles here. They don't lift as much weight as as your legs do. So that's a really really important part as well. Yep, agreed. Um, and the final question, I think that hopefully covers everything, Byron. But the final question then will be from Jake, and he's like, "Why do I have glass cannonitis?" Um, I love the gaming reference, Jake. <laughs> what right. is glass cannonitis? Well, glass cannonitis, sir, is 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 claiming reference to being a glass cannon. Now, if you're a gamer. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't enjoy nothing a good game from time to time myself. Some people say that I am the Apex Legend, but um, literally no one has ever or will ever say that. <laughs> well, I mean, you can call me John Rambo, but it's um, <laughs> don't steal my thing. Hey, call me John Rambo. <laughs> no. uh, is that is that a glass cannon in a in a video game is someone that's really powerful, like they do a lot of damage, DPS damage per second, um, but. If they get hit with like a feather, they die. So it's like they're really no health but all attack. So uh, when Jake Jake's says, case. why do I have glass cannonitis? It's because he's lifting some good weights, but he just gets hurt all the time by like falling over or falling off monkey bars or yeah. roughhousing with his mates. I said, Jake, it's all right. You have a little bit of glass cannonitis. It's not as bad as Guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but savage. It's savage. I apologize, Guy. Um, uh, but, but it will get better. And... The fact that you are getting stronger in the gym means that you are becoming more resilient to injury than mm -hmm. if you weren't. When Jake first started training with me, he was only like 12 or 13. He was a youngster. I actually met his mom down at the dog park. We were walking the dogs and we're having a chat. And I said, oh, I'm a personal trainer and strength coach. And she goes, oh, I should send my son to you. He, has, he had low muscle tone as a baby, which means they like take longer to hold their heads up. Mm -hmm. um, they're hyper mobile and flexible at the joints. So he had a yeah. lot of like dislocations and injuries when he was a kid. Didn't like to play a lot of sports because of that. And when you, we all know when you're a kid and you don't play sports, yep. you lose in that coordination. You lose in that muscular development. Your bone density doesn't get as good. Like you're not yeah. as active, right? So he started off with me, and I actually had to buy 
the 12 and a half kilo bar out there for him because that's the most he could do on bench press was 12 and a half kilos, right? So um, now the young man is, is crushing. He's deadlifting 160 plus. He's squatting over 120. He's, he's chasing down the 100 kilo bench press. I think so, that is the issue as well though because he is really strong for his age. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's gotten really, really strong. And mm-hmm. I think that's a lot to do with it. He's actually doing fantastically. For how, how old is Jake now? He's 17 now. 17, lifting some pretty freaking decent numbers and uh that's got a little bit to do with it like he does have those issues and you're just too strong for your own body jake no yeah. well i wouldn't say he's too strong it's never you can never be too strong you for can your own say body. that to your friends i would flex yeah them. you should he, do that he, look he still has the issues of hyper flexible joints exactly, so yeah um so even though look the best way to protect a joint is to have strong muscles because exactly. they, that's what holds it in place yeah. um so you're doing everything right your bone density is increasing your muscle strength is increasing your coordination is increasing. Everything's getting better. Um, you just got to be careful on, on some things. But, think, but it will improve over time. Just keep at it, man, it you're doing a great job. I think what – so I, I've talked to you about this recently, actually, and um, I've had people make comments to me about uh, people in this gym and they try to compare themselves to people in this gym. And I, I kind of forget because I spend all of my time here that we're not normal people here. Like we have a lot of people who are doing some incredibly impressive things, like you being Australia's strongest man. We've got Megan, who we talk about a lot. Multiple Australia, uh, WA strongest person, going to be strongest. Exactly. Gavin's how, benching 200 kilos. kilos. How many of your clients have you taken to national competitions or yeah, have records for their names? Right, or exactly. I've got uh, Deb coming up to this state's competition, has the potential to break four national records. We, we do things right here. But uh, we've got some legitimately strong people here and a lot of people who train in this gym who compare themselves to some of these top-level athletes don't realize that they're just that and jake you're an athlete whether you like to say it out loud or not you're pushing your body to its absolute limit here this isn't just some nice easy kind of fun exercise that what is fun that we're doing where you can kind of not really pay attention or like you're, you're doing a lot of very heavy lifting you're doing a lot of like the mental intensity alone that you need for this is is huge it's a myth you're an athlete and you're pushing your body to that limit right and whenever you push your body to that limit there is an increased risk as well it's uh it kind of comes hand in hand with what it takes to to be the best um so you can't think that i'm just going to train like every average normal person does like we do a lot of programming we do a lot of conditioning a lot of strength work and you're really strong for your age as well it's just going to take a little while to figure out exactly how strong you are and how to really use your body you're so young i've been training for more than 10 years and i'm the strongest i've ever been now i'm 31 it, this, this is year. what i'm saying jake is that yeah you're, you're 17 i believe you've been training since you were like let's say 13 so four years right i wish i started when i was 13 yeah, i didn't start too. training weights until i was in my early 20s really Same. i played like my first year out of school when i was like 18 19 mm. and then i broke my arm i didn't really start training weights properly until I broke it playing rugby, not lifting weights. Uh, I didn't start training properly until after that when I recovered from it. So I was like 21 and then within two years I was doing the strongman stuff and then that's where I really started to excel in in strength training. Um, And now I'm 33. I turned 33 in like a month, less than a month. And yeah, I'm I'm on par with the strongest I've ever been um, for most things, um, but at a lighter body weight, right? Um, So... Strength takes time to develop. I and mean, you're looking at the world's strongest people, they're usually in their 30s, like yeah. mid-30s. Like I do believe that's when you peak strength. I think the strength physically. athlete 
physically what? you peak between it's like 25 and 35 like somewhere in that limit there i would say even it can push out to 40s because yeah. muscle takes so long to develop it's not like you see like if you're watching rugby players like they're all 18 19 20 21 like you don't see like if i was to go back and play rugby now my, my mates trying to get me to go play a bit of bit of prem rugby is like i would be the oldest in the team by like eight years they're all youngsters but strength training takes time to develop yeah. which is which is you've got so much time in front of you you think about how much testosterone that you've got in your body that means something and then you think about how long you use it for that also means something i haven't missed squat day 10 years and i'm the strongest i've ever been this year and each year i'm the strongest i've ever been this year and i keep saying it as i get older and older and it's it's you've only had a couple of years you, you baby you basically got that like puppy fat on you still right you got to grow into your big boy pants um the longer you train with all that testosterone in your body you build more muscle you produce more you build more you, and you just keep utilizing it and keep growing and changing and that's that's kind of how it works it's called puberty Jay. <laughs> um, but the, the longer that you spend training the better it will get 100 percent. 100 percent. um yeah well i think that basically covers everything uh just you know assuming that lockdown finishes and we're going ahead with states just quick shout out we do have nine people competing this weekend hopefully including first, adrian and myself first and second of may it'll be at yeah, Rich's gym, at Rich's so gym. So if you feel like coming along uh come and support us that's right yeah. and um we got a great spread we've got five guys four ladies we've got in the guys 67 and a half kilos weight weight class competitor 67 and a half i just do want to do a quick shout out to tito yeah he's not fat hey, anymore good on you tito he is going to be at weight for the comp which is great nice which is great we've got tito in the 67 and a halves you're in the 82 and a halves yep. my dad is 82 and a half but in bench only yeah um which Byron, actually your dad is going for a what now he'll be going for an australian record yeah mm-hmm. um and then byron and myself are both in the 90s mm-hmm. um and hopefully we're looking for a few medals um, you know, nothing guaranteed, but we're hoping for a few medals amongst those five. And then in the females, we have, um, let's see, we got uh, Deb in the 67 and a half, who who's is going to be going for four Australian going records. For four Australian records. So far, she's got, she actually has. Uh, she has three out of the four. She's got three out of the four. She, she matched the squat. Yeah. And then she got the bench, the deadlift, and she has the total Correct. as well. So even if she doesn't get the squat on the day, she is comfortably over the yeah. bench and the deadlift and the total yeah. so she could come away with four national could records, come with four national be records be amazing uh, unreal um and then we've got uh megan in the 82s mm-hmm. which is actually a stacked division at the moment so we have like the normal winner so like cat um who's just just so strong she's got world records in squat and stuff yeah. so cat and megan are usually like the top two and then we have like the winner from the 90s has come down and the winner from the 75s has come oh, up damn. so it is the most stacked female division i've, I've ever seen it's unreal yeah. so that's gonna be great to watch yeah then we've got um we've got uh fiona in the 90s mm-hmm. and jess in the 90 plus awesome. right so um yeah really excited um, everyone's been working so hard. So, so we are hard. fingers crossed that everything goes ahead and we're going to just attack this week as if it is, we'll wait for the announcement in the next couple hours. Um, but even if the worst case scenario happens and they cancel this, we will have, and they don't reschedule for a time that we can make, we'll have our own, um, you know, strength institute states here. And, and well, we we're going to do our record breakers event anyway. We're going to do this, yes, at the end of May. It's the last weekend, last Saturday of May where people can come in and go for one, two, three, or all three of the lifts to try to get onto the record board. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if the states don't go ahead, we'll treat that as our own little mini states. Yeah. But we will have our own states, guys. But you know what? We're not even gonna have to come to that because I'm sure it's all gonna be fine. Exactly. All right? But uh, staying positive, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for doing that right now. Right now. 
Just go up and bench press all up on that button. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and we'll see you guys soon. See you next time. Adios, people. Have a good day. Call me John Rambo. Never. Cut that out. Never for as long no, as we no, live. No, 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 I'm never going to call you. Are you just going to cut it so that I've got Nevin is John Rambo. Nevin is John Rambo. Nevin is John Rambo. Nevin is John Rambo. 100%. No. Yeah. No. I will never call you John Rambo. That's my thing.